And thanks for listening. This is Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. God's grace is for you. And if you're in the Milwaukee area, we'd love to get to know you. Please visit www.gracedowntown.org to contact us, find out about worship times, or learn more about what we're up to in Milwaukee. That's www.gracedowntown.org. Good day, everyone. This is most certainly true. Another time for a podcast to enjoy the grace of God with you. Uh, this is Pastor Bondo, and with me is Pastor Hebner again. And good morning, good day, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening. <laughs> That's good. I like the it's podcast to be timeless, and it is. Yeah, right. You know, it's kind of yeah. like don't mention any cultural or you know, yeah, something events. specific about where we're at. We probably should. Well, you know. <laughs> Save that for other podcast that's purposes, right. you yeah. know. But this is a Bible reading challenge that's sort of tied to a given year, but we'll repeat it and do it again other years and whatever. And So if you don't say, you know, who knows? It could fit anywhere. Right. Yeah. And when I'm dead, people can still go back and You've listen got a long to me. <laughs> you never know. You, you, ne- you never know. <laughs> when I'm dead, you know. I'm going to beat you anyway. No problem. <laughs> We'll find out. Only the Lord knows. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So a couple of refreshers, podcast listeners, as we encourage you in not only the Bible reading challenge, but also in the use of this podcast, you can help be a part of the energy and excitement for um, people's Bible reading and encouragement in faith by simply if you haven't already, subscribing to the podcast. Um, but you can also leave a rating and a review, like on iTunes and other places. So, uh-huh. And that way, if you write up a review, people are, people are reading what you're getting out of the podcast. So uh-huh. they get a better idea of what this podcast is about, what it's like, um, why they should listen to it. Sure. And those kinds of things are just great. So if you could, you know, leave a, a favorable rating and then, and a kind <laughs> review and say just, you know, why, why you enjoy the podcast, um, that would be beautiful. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, certainly do that. And the only other, a big channel, I think, for some of this would, of course, be Facebook. We do have a most certainly true Facebook page. Cool. So people can go there and check in with the posts or offer comments or whatever. Um, but of course, for the Bible reading challenge, with our with our Grace Church and things, we have a, a related page there too for the challenge. That, From the website. Yeah. So if people are, you know, on Facebook and you want to look up the Grace Grace Milwaukee, you know, Grace Downtown Bible Reading Challenge and you find you find that group, you can always offer comments, be part of a a community that, you know, reacts a lot like your roadmaps class mm-hmm. where people, you know, they're reading on their own. They come and they get to have a blast discussing things. Right. So this is a ongoing, you know, Facebook conversation mm-hmm. uh, that people can be a part of. So I wanted to plug those things because I'm not doing a great job of remembering to Good highlight those once in a while. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, bless blessings on the Bible readers. Go, go get them and do all that fun stuff. 
we are entering another uh, discussion here for a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. This installment is Romans. I think today's calendar date, we're already like in the middle of the book, which is fine. I'll, um, which is just a part of this, you know. We don't have to like hear the podcast before you read the book. It's mm. just it's just supplementary. It's just hanging out, food for thought. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things I thought about asking you was, yep, under what sort of circumstances have you recommended to someone that they read the Book of Romans? I have not had circumstances where I recommended the whole book, but I have had, I was almost going to say yeah. many or tens, probably hundreds of circumstances for chunks of the book under ah, different circumstances. Nice. Different, right? Okay. Highlighting you really should spend some time right. in these chapters for, right. so now you've got a variety of reasons. Yeah. And uh, primarily... You know, people who are hurting or need encouragement. There are go-to passages and mm-hmm. portions that are just a given. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you the number of times that I have just said to people, when in doubt, Romans 8. I mean, not as in I'm doubting my faith or I doubt the truth of Jesus, <laughs> but you know, like, I don't know where to go in the Bible because I need some encouragement, some help, and some message from God that'll mean yeah. more to me. Well, when you don't know where to go, yeah, you want to go somewhere, you go to Romans 8. You just do. That's wow. just clear. And then you read it again, and then you read it again, and you read it again, especially mm-hmm. verses 31 to 39. But that's just... yeah. I get There's that. no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. It starts, and then, you know, verse 18, we can't compare all the stuff we're going through with the glory that will be revealed. And then the classic one in verse 28 with God works all things for the good. But once you get to verse 31, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And you get to that part. Yeah. You know, what? who can say anything other than that good news is is outstanding? That's when you don't know where to go, you go to Romans 8. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an, those are neat special features of the book. I wish I could do it. like those uh, things. Like Wanda. Now, Wanda is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And Wanda, I won't share her last name, but she was an elderly woman who had a Lutheran background. Actually, her husband had been, I believe, a Lutheran school teacher. Uh-huh. And in her, in her later years, we're talking, we're talking late 80s, pushing 90, she found her way for a variety of reasons, ended up as a Grace Church member. Okay. And... Um, Every time I visited with Wanda, and then later on when she was homebound or in a care facility, she would remind me that her confirmation passage was Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. Hmm. Uh, you know, who shall separate from love of Christ, trouble or hardship or fr- uh, nakedness or danger. Yeah. Or, you know. yeah. Uh, no, and wow. all these things were more than conquerors who loved it. And what she would do is she'd remind me, that was my confirmation passage. And then she'd recite it in German. Hmm. I wish I could do it in German. I just can't pull it out of my memory banks. We should but try. But it's just very so... old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We've got stuff. Who shall? No, it's, go- it's just gorgeous. Yeah. And then, you know, we're our English speakers, and there's certain cadence to our language that we find is wonderful. The German language, right there in those passages, kind of like the original Greek. There's just sort of cadence to it, and a beauty to it. And when Wanda would recite it, you know, you just get a tear in your eye. This woman, her whole life. Uh, 
even prior to her conflict, this is what she believed and knew what God had done for her and who's going to separate me from the love of Jesus. Nothing, you know. And it was such a great uh, comfort for her, which then, I love telling the story because it's true for all of us as Christians, mm -hmm. you know. What do you do in a tough time? And Romans 8, the last chapter, the last verses of the chapter, wow. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea one. But, was I, you know, in. as far as reading the whole book, I, the way I would, if I ever had come to that and crossed my mind, would be someone who is new yeah. and not familiar with Christianity or not familiar with Lutheranism, mm -hmm. not familiar with the Bible. Because this is like when you and I and Pastor Strong teach Bible information class, there is a certain order of the doctrines and the teachings of the Bible that we want to follow. There is obviously we want to talk about our need for sin, and mm -hmm. we're all infected, and it's personal, and it's not just out there; it's in my heart, in my life, and it's it's just I'd be damned without it, lost. And then we want to talk about how God rescued us through Jesus Christ. And then we want to talk about how that becomes ours personally by faith, and we want to talk about then this is the difference it makes in the way I live my Christian life, in spite of struggles that I can see the tearing up inside of me, my believer side, and my old sinful nature. Then here's the assurance I have that I still, in spite of all the junk in my life, am close to God. And then cap it with some icing on the cake with the doctrine of election that I'm, God had me in mind from eternity. Mm -hmm. And then maybe some practical stuff, too, on whole. All of that doctrine yeah. is going to change the way I intersect with people. Well, now I just recited the outline for the Book of Romans. You know, so you, you really did. This is kind of mm -hmm. what we do in Bible information class, don't we? We follow these major, and that's really, that's really. Um, but I, I haven't recommended that because this is just my personal feeling. I don't know how you feel about this, Pastor Bondo, but when there is a scripture reading in on a Sunday morning worship experience from Romans, yeah. I find myself, uh, you know, as we practice and work through it out loud or in my head that I'm going to be reading this from lectern, I find myself wondering if there sometimes might be either alternate translations or a way to break up sentences or because while Romans is the basic core of doctrine, in English it does come across once in a while not not like some other letters that are really really head scratchers because you have to know the Old Testament like Hebrews or something. Sure, but there it's it's real meat. Yeah, it is real meat. What is that? Is that the argumentation style? Not argue. I don't want to no. say just argumentation, but there's a. I think it's a combination of that plus there's a depth to it. That, translators are going to in the art of getting yeah. from the original into our language or any language. You want to be accurate, and then you want to be readable. And the English translation we have been using, NIV, does a great job of that. And yet, you know, to reflect accurately and then in a readable English style, it's it's so challenging because you've got what you mentioned, Paul's back and forth kind of, he poses questions in his own mind and writes them, then he answers them. This sort of argumentation of style mm -hmm. in, in a way mm -hmm. you could call it that. But the other is his his prose, his style in writing is... I guess we'd look at it, and it's run-on sentences. It just go; they go on yeah. and yeah. on and on. You know these yeah. phrases, which if you if you spend time and pause, 
or if you're doing a podcast and you listen to it, then you listen to it again, mm-hmm. then you listen to it again, then again, then all of a sudden by the third or fourth time it starts, oh, oh, you can <laughs> see the connection from where he started to where he's going to go. Yeah. It's not confusing. It's yeah. just that it's a different style. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, when you're in the pulpit preaching, although, well, we're all different, but, you know, I, when I'm writing, my, I, I strive for shorter sentences. The more I go back and edit before I preach and memorize and I find these run-ons, mm-hmm. you know, with clauses. Cut that I, up. I know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to lose myself and I'm going to get excited and people are going to get lost hearing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Paul's letter to the Romans, his just it's just the way it is. It's yeah. like, you know, you begin the book and the whole first seven verses are like one sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, whoa, you know, <laughs> and, and it, it's pretty cool. So... That's why I typically, in answer to your question, why I haven't just said to people, you know, at this point in your life, the cool thing here, read the Romans. Mm-hmm. Because I'm talking to people who need to have a specific subject addressed, or if they're going to have basic doctrine, that's the outline, but maybe in shorter sentence snippets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that is that? Yeah, or almost like a let's read it together kind of a thing. There you go. You know, and just have the chance to sort of pause and try to piece these things together the, the way. Word pause. You know, that's a that's a. I was thinking about mind mapping because I was thinking about the same oh, thing. Tell me and, about that. You know, so well, there. I don't know if you ever done like a mind map where or they take like a big. Blanks. My mind doesn't work like that. I guess. So apparently, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> well, you know, you could take like a big. Um, or there's an app for that kind of a thing. You know, where you have to get this big digital space or a piece of paper, and you know, you've got your topic, and you can kind of map out the related things to it. And mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering what would it be like to try to mind map through the Book of Romans. So mm-hmm. if you bring up a topic like. If you say he's going to get out of his introduction into the law and he's going to, the wrath of God that's being revealed. Okay, sure. I've got this. Now, what are you going to tell me about it? And then you can kind of see, oh, I see. how he builds and fleshes this out. And there you go. You're talking into, about in these different sections. Yeah, and then, yeah, you, then yeah. the, but now the righteousness from God is revealed. Well, tell me, what is the righteousness of God and what mm-hmm. are related things to sure. how the word comes from God? And so, and it is by faith and it is by grace and yep. it is by, you know, and you, how do you see him tying? things to these bigger concepts when does it move when do you kind of have a new bigger yep. topic yep you get to chapter nine and he yeah. and he kind of you shift now has a very it. personal like my heart is filled with anguish right. for the jews and but what's going on there and wh- why because he's talking about election and so yeah on, right? uh, yeah and so yeah. then you can kind of how does he what does he talk what is his conversation with yeah. election what is he saying about that and I, I wonder a mind map would be a fun i'm probably working my way into a trying this out Thursday night Bible class or something. I bet you're going to do that. You know, and just see see how that would flow. For me personally, though, for Romans, I've just had, you know, over the years, my own approach in the sense that I I always like for a Bible, I got to have a little background. I got to have a little, how did this come about and why is it there? And then that just helps me get a little more settled Mm -hmm. instead of just randomly grabbing a chunk of scripture and reading and I'd like to know it's wider. So, you know, in reality, the Apostle Paul is on his third missionary journey. The first, a little horseshoe trip, you know, you you take off from Antioch and Syria in that little corner up there before you turn into Turkey or Asia Minor, and he's on a boat, and he's island of Cyprus, and you go into the Asia Minor, and you horseshoe your way back. And then the mm-hmm. second one, you know, you shoot through the land, and you, you spend a spend a lot of revisiting time, and you find your way up into Greece, you know, and then you go down to Corinth, and then 
you take a boat back. But the third one, he's going to scoot through Asia Minor and he's hanging out at Ephesus for two, three years. And he hears about the Corinthian situation. It's a mess. And he writes a letter and promises to visit. So now he's zipping up around Greece again over the Aegean Sea. And he, he's, he hears news that the first letter worked. And so he writes that second letter. But then he finally gets to Corinth on mm -hmm. his third journey. And he's only going to spend about three months there. He's indicating, you know, this is probably winter-ish. And so, you know, what are we, February of 56, 57, 80, 58, somewhere in 57 AD-ish. And, you know, these numbers can be off by you. Mm -hmm. So now he's in Corinth. And then he has in his mind and his heart always that he'd like to get to Rome and that he'd like to travel maybe further even to Spain or whatever and get the gospel yeah. to people and heard it. Yeah. But then, then what he understands and knows is that Rome, you got... Who, who knows the estimate? But you got one to four million Jewish people living. This is a big empire metropolis. Mm -hmm. That's just the Jewish population. There's mm -hmm. others too, you know. Mm -hmm. And so what you have are these little groupings. These on, You don't have a big cathedral, you know, like Grace Church neo-Gothic building standing there. <laughs> no, you've got these little enclaves of house churches, we'd call them maybe, little small group meetings throughout the metropolis. And there has, from we, you know, Paul liking to go to places and visit or write where, where the gospel has, well, there's been no other apostle. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is, they haven't, based on what we see in the content of the letter of Romans to the Romans, and uh, there hadn't been an apostolic presence, contrary to what some other Christians in different denominations today might say that Peter was there for the, you know, a long, it wasn't, it wasn't true because... He came later in life and actually was executed. But mm -hmm. Paul's writing to these groups of people, a little who needed, who needed apostolic instruction. They needed, you know, the the full depth of somebody who's had that encounter with Jesus. And here are the basics, and that is helpful to me in understanding why he wrote what he wrote, how he wrote what he wrote. And uh, it's just it's a cool. So then he starts off as you indicated. You know, after the introduction is rather brief, but we have to get under in people's minds, in their hearts, understanding, yes, you personally are toast without Jesus. Yeah. So the whole world is sinful and not just those Gentiles out there, but you Jewish people, too. And me, I am. And that 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 gets way in depth. And there's no one who does good. Not even one quote from Psalm 14, you know, mm -hmm. in, as we get. But in the midst of that, uh, in first chunk, you have those very intense, starting at verse 18, the very intense uh, wrath of God on all people and how bad it gets. You know, when when God himself takes a look at the sinfulness of the human race and says, it's so bad that I'm going to just, I have to, I'm going to hand them over to their sinfulness and hopefully they wake up. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, then when you read the end of chapter one, it's like reading the newspaper. Mm -hmm. of, of what the contemporary culture and um, the disembowelment of human society. Well, <laughs> you know, how about that for a big word? And the destruction of the family and all this strife. Mm -hmm. and all, It's just, and then it gets real personal through chapter. So that, that gets you all the way to chapter 3, verse 20, when finally God, uh, God through the apostle is saying, well, what do you think the purpose of my threats, my demands, my commands, my laws are? It's so that you get like a big fat mirror in front of you and you go, whoa, I need to say I'm toast. This is, I'm, I'm done. Uh, the law makes us conscious and aware of our sin. And bingo, 
Now you get the next major chunk with the good news from chapter 3, verse 21. That was my daughter's uh, chapter memory, memory verse this morning was 3, verse 20. Righteousness. <laughs> and, oh, the one that the law makes <laughs> us aware of sins. Yeah. But then comes that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think from a, a Bible reader standpoint, a podcast person, you know, chapter 3, verse 21, you have to, and the verses that follow, you just have to be able to track as Martin Luther finally did when he pieced yeah. it all together, yeah. that God's righteousness is not only something he has, his holiness is perfect, not only he has it, but he demands it. And there's no way we can live up from the first chapters of this letter. But now a righteousness from God has been revealed. He not only has righteousness, holiness, he's going to give it mm-hmm. free gift through Jesus. And that that is pivotal. And there you are in yeah. chapter 3, verses 21 and following. And so that's just, you know, the verses 23, 20, the wages of sin is later, but this uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and then are declared innocent, righteous through Jesus. That's and then you get this gift. Stunning. Yeah. So chapter 4 and 5, you know, you have the application that becomes ours by faith and examples from Abraham. Uh-huh. Then the next big shift to Roni um, is after we get through chapter 5, verse 21, and into chapter 6. And now we get the the whole business of our... It becomes ours by faith and not what this means in our Christian life, our sanctification. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we, baptism connects us to Jesus' death and resurrection. Yeah, struggling with sin. That's all of chapter 7, mm-hmm. you know. So now you need more assurance. Now we're at the chapter 8, which I mentioned earlier yeah. in the podcast. And then another my, marker then you mentioned is chapter 9. Ten, 9, 10, 11 is that doctrine of election. Paul makes it so personal. Mm-hmm. He's concerned about his fellow Jews and his heritage. So yeah. Anyway, we're kind of walking through the outline again. Yeah. Of these major themes that are in the book. I like that. One of the things that I think a reader going through it or a listener going through it, you, what you notice, you notice, like you said before, a question and answer style. Yeah. You notice how he's bringing up things that would be important, maybe especially for Jews, circumcision, the law, mm-hmm. Moses, Abraham, and David, mm-hmm. or and other things. He was, but he's weaving them together under these core doctrines mm-hmm. of yes. law and gospel mm-hmm. and pressing them to every person. Pressing them upon every put all have you know, you get your alls, you get your gospel, you, you get your richness, and he's he's ends up I just thought of, you know, sticking this in your hand and saying this victory is yours. Yes, you're still struggling with sin. Mm. And yes, this, no, this doesn't mean we just go and keep sinning all the more. And, <laughs> you know, how does it, this is, but this is yours, mm-hmm. this victory in Christ, where are we going to end up? Very um, personal. Yeah. And it really covers so much ground and territory mm-hmm. with the circumstances of life, my own evil and the evils of the world, yep. like you mentioned, suffering, yep. you know, and, and pointing people to this word of god that we live under that mm-hmm. sets the tone for our whole mm-hmm. status and thinking mm-hmm. you know so i i guess I, I think people follow these you find these big themes and what i really appreciate is how he seems to be working so hard to be in the listener's shoes like anticipating the bible information class question which the audience would have had there in Rome, right. you know, that first audience. And, and right. dealing with it. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's like the style of the whole thing. What do you what do you think of this? And what about that topic? And, mm-hmm. well, here's what you say. And here's the, you know, yep. I, I think that's very... Um, and you take all this big doctrine. Kind you know, of him. Mm-hmm. Where, where you go with that. And all this big stuff and all these topics that make, you know, everybody's involved and you personally are involved. It's yours. 
And then all of a sudden now, if you're sitting in Rome and you're getting this letter from Paul and you're reading, now, okay, I get it, but this is amazing. Thank you, Lord, for sending the Savior, and <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Now, how is this going to change the way I'm living? And then right away, Romans 12, he's got, okay, you've got a bunch of spiritual gifts, don't you? And he, Yes, yeah. you do. And here's how you're going to relate to fellow Christians. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to say, what about, out, they're going to think to themselves, but we're in the empire. What about, you know, the government? We don't like yeah. it, you know. So now we're going to talk at the end of 12 and into 13 about world issues and how mm -hmm. we relate to people in the world, including government authorities. And then right away, you know, at 14 and 15, it's now what if I'm dealing, though, with these special cases where I've got, fellow Christians and they're maybe I am or they are weak in faith you know how do we do how do we deal with stuff that's not written down in the Bible as do this or don't that mm -hmm. don't do that what do I do you know the classic you know it but our readers probably do adiaphora you know these things are not, not commanded or forbidden scripture but how do we handle that yeah and if we're dealing with somebody who's Showing a little love. we yeah. don't want to have them stumble in faith but we want to build them up and how do we deal with all that and then he finishes up 16 with his greetings and then wedged in there, of course, is that classic passage of Doctrine Church Fellowship, that if you've got some false teachers who are persistent, you're going to have to do the honest thing and separate. Yeah. But I just think that's a marvelous way that he concludes the letter. You know, it's yeah. extreme. So that last part is extremely practical, too. Yeah, yeah. From all this huge doctrine stuff. Because Christianity is not, you know, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in hiding in a fortress. We, we're in a real world, and we got to relate to real people <laughs> every mm -hmm. day and Paul got there too imagine these small groups of people in Rome scattered around that huge metropolis and then they got to go to a marketplace every day they got to go to work every day they got to you know they're intersecting with people all over and uh, Romans gives them the strength to be able to be the Christian God would want them to be I like that that's a big that's a big picture thought yeah and um this goes way back to when you're talking about setting the context for the book and mm -hmm. sort of anchoring our position. That's really helpful, too, because readers, you know, we find this in our paper Bibles. We find it right after the book of Acts, and it makes you think like it was the first letter of Paul. But really, they're... Timing-wise, it wasn't, the but flow. it's the most important. Yeah. You know, because even Corinthian letters, which are a little bit bigger on the chapter, well, you got 16 chapters, well, you know, they're, they're close, mm -hmm. you know, with the... Yeah. 16 in 1 Corinthians and 13 in the second. But, mm -hmm. So they, you know, the way they are organized their New Testament, they would put the fatter ones first. It's like the minor prophets. Although there was some sense yeah. in the minor of, of chronology when Hosea comes up, you know. Mm -hmm. But in Romans, and for, you know, these are the what that Roman, this is the most important. <laughs> wow. So yeah. even though Thessalonians was written first, it doesn't, it's important, but do, the doctrine and what's in Romans, the Christians knew, the early Christian churches, they're organizing these letters of Paul. That's got to go first. You, know? mm -hmm. you just got to have that. Mm -hmm. So following the story of Acts. Right? There's something that's interesting about Romans that has always struck me over time. And I, it, I was reminded of it when you said it was your daughter's memory verse, chapter 3, <laughs> verse 20. Because in, in the past, when I had a chance to share what's in Bible books with people, you give them a little background. Maybe there's an outline they can think about as they read, so they get understanding of the Old and New Testament books. And not all are easy to outline, and some can't. But um, then I like to also throw out like one key verse. It's like the key verse of the book or mm. something that's worth having in your mm. head. You know, so 
what in Genesis you'd probably go to th verse three, chapter three, fifteen. You know the prop, first promise of the Savior. I'll put enmity between you and the one. Exodus maybe it's chapter thirty-four, six and seven. God's characteristics of being the compassionate, loving God, forgiving. Um, mm -hmm. And it, you know, uh, like in Leviticus, it could be nineteen. You know, be holy as the Lord your God, or something from the chapter mm -hmm. sixteen on the atonement. It's just always some verse that sort of stands up. So then I want to do that with Romans. <laughs> And it's no, not. It's a, it's a list I? of 20. Yeah. Are you kidding? You know, you just how can you do one? How could you not, if you want to list, here's a Bible verse you want to have in your head and keep. How could you omit, you know, Romans 1, 17? That's my confirmation verse. Yeah. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. It's the power of God for salvation. And that yeah. meant a lot to me when I was a little eighth grade kid, literally little, um, having that as my confirmation, thinking that I'd like to be a pastor someday. Wow. You know, that was that's really something. And then yeah. you get... In Romans 3, we mentioned some already, verses 23, 24 of the bad news, good news. And chapter 5, the whole first five verses, mm -hmm. you know, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we can access by grace into this faith in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Yeah. Not only, now NIV 11 is boast, but we also rejoice most in our sufferings. Mm -hmm. Boy, has that paid off when you go to the hospital, when I go to the hospital and pull out Romans 5 and read it. Yeah. And leave it for people to read some more, right? Yeah. Suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope is whoa, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just that, that whole chunk there. And then chapter, you know, six, besides the baptism passage, verse four, you get verse 23, wages of sin is death, gift of God's eternal. Yeah. There's the law of gospel. Right there in the nutshell. In one mm -hmm. verse. Mm hmm. You know, the struggle verses you mentioned in chapter seven, the whole chapter eight we talked about before. You know, you just. You look at these verses, chapter 10, verse 17, where, you know, the, 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 the faith comes from hearing the message, the message through the word of Christ. This is that means of grace passage that separates us from other Christian denominations who say the Bible or the sacraments aren't important. You've got to have that, you know, verse 10, chapter 10, yeah. 17. So these, the whole book yeah. has these verses that are, I've got to memorize that one. I've got to memorize that one. I gotta, you know. Yeah, I like that. And you're, you're giving us all... Um, an expression of something I think is a huge value out of the book is you're pulling people out of a maybe a question of God mode or mm -hmm. an off track. Like, well, we're, if if grace is so free and abundant, then I'll go, you know, off track kind of thinking. If I'm yeah. just going to go and live sinfully and God's going to forgive me anyway. He deals with that question. You he know, does. He deals with what happened with the Jews and who are we, should we point fingers at God? Like, you lost <laughs> this people. Like, that's your fault. No, he can't, no. can't do that. You it's know, so he, he's helping people get out of a yeah. funk out yeah. of and out of a weird, um, maybe a question mode from a spiritual infancy into a maturity where they can be inspired to be a pastor like you were <laughs> or they can they can move in, into love for their neighbor with mm -hmm. something substantial that they're right they're anchored in and i that's a it's a neat style of the book and and flow that really sets us up ready like you said for congregational right. life i got something i can memorize and and pack away and mm -hmm. uh solid ground under my feet on which to live when you read some of paul's captivity letters you know where you're reading ephesians colossians i think written on the same day maybe philemon sent along yeah then a little later on uh he's captivity you know he's in house arrest and then you know philippians you can read those like ephesians and then you can you get everything and then you read it again and you, you, you're nodding and you're going, wow, that's just so gorgeous. But when you read Romans, you know that you're chewing on meat. It doesn't mean that Ephesians isn't meat, but you mm -hmm. know you're, this is meat. 
Mm-hmm. This is the this is the filet mignon. This is the steak dinner. This is the, <laughs> and I'm going to savor it. I'm you know when you go to McDonald's you will food down. I ate too fast ever since college, you know, because we had only so much time in the cafeteria for lunch before band practice. And same thing after basketball at supper time. You yeah. gotta get the chapel. You yeah. gotta wolf this stuff in, you yeah, know. Gobble gobble. <laughs> and I came back from college, I remember after the first semester and my folks were looking at me like I'm because I'm done with my meal. They're still beginning to have the first forkful of peas and you know whatever. But it, it, this is different. Romans is you just have to read it, enjoy it, and then and think about it. Mm-hmm. And then read another and think about it. It's just such solid meat on the on the scripture bone. It's really delightful. What a what a treat. It doesn't mean it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's just it just makes you go, Wow, whoa, you know. Mm-hmm. Well if you ever do a mind map to sort through it, I want to see it, all right? <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's rich. It's rich for our faith, rich for our certainty. And uh, of course. And a favorite then of Martin Luther. You know, we always say he loved Galatians. That's because it's parallel to Romans in that it's really clear law and gospel justification by grace through faith. And this is his big deal, you know. Get you to the goodness of our God and what he's done. And when he's, you know, we, we have this, I guess it's somewhat theoretical on how he really grasped the gospel. It just didn't happen like click overnight. Some people think he was up in his tower study came across a passage and now i get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. well no that just grew slowly Mm -hmm. but as he's teaching the psalms you know when you get to psalms deliver me in your righteousness that's in psalm 31 but 71 too but in chapter uh, psalm 71 he has that and then how in all the world luther was scratching his head could god be good to me save me rescue me deliver me in connection with his holiness his righteousness this is making Mm -hmm. sense and then the light bulb did whether it was instantaneous or not that's where he's connecting himself to Romans. And from his study of the Psalms and the use of the term righteousness gets him into Romans and then it all and that's what makes Romans so fun because there you have it. Yeah. There you have what the righteousness of God is and then what he gives. Finally set free. No <laughs> condemnation. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and of course our great tagline is approaching as our Wonderful. time winds down together. Not only is this a great book. It's a great book. It also, this This is is most certainly certainly true. true.